Welcome to Axios Church Online. We're so excited you had joined us here on our online campus. We hope this message encouraged you and uplift you throughout your week. Enjoy this message. How about Esther, a brave and strong queen who saved the entire nation of Israel? Esther showed herself to be brave, strong in the face of great danger. She trusted God, followed his calling in her life, so Israel will not be destroyed. That is a woman to follow. That is a woman to follow. And these women and so many more that we can name throughout the Bible mattered to the Lord. Today we're going to discuss a woman in the Bible that probably you won't put her on the Mount Rushmore of women in the Bible, but she was so important. And the things that she did where we need to now take from her example and actually apply it to our life. And this woman's name, she wasn't really named. She was named the Shudamite woman. The Bible calls her a great woman. Some translation says that she was wealthy, a little older, and a word to describe her was noble. Noble. A, the woman... Uh, the Shudamite woman was unnamed in the Bible, but her testimony of faith is one that we can still learn from today. Are you ready? Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8 and 17. Let's read here a little bit to give context of what we're going to talk about. If you don't have a Bible, you can get your phone out. It's going to be on the screen, and we're going to get going with it. One day, Elijah went to Shem, where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God is continually passing our way. Let us make a room on the roof with walls and put him there with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp so whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. One day he came there and he turned into the chambers and rested. And he said to his servant, Jehazai, his servant, call this Shudamite. When he had called her, she stood before him. He said to him, say now to her, see, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? What what would you have a word spoken on the behalf of the king of the commander of the armies? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And he answered, well, she has no son. And her husband is old. And he said, call her. And when he called her, she stood at his doorway. And he said, and she said, she has no son, and her husband is old. Wait, I, I, I just, ADD just went crazy right there, okay? 16. At this time season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived, and she bore a son on the spring, and Elijah, Elijah said to her. All that I want to bring down to three points that this lady did in this moment. 
that we need to take for our lives today. It's three, it, they, she just slides them in there. But if we can attach this to our lives and our character, man, things will happen in our lives and, and we can be a blessing to others. Number one is this, she, she's shown generous hospitality. Generous hospitality. My mother-in-law used to own a catering service and she was the best of the best, okay? She, I mean, they would come and she would have everything prepared. It was hospitality like crazy. I mean, it, it, it's, it's something about a person that you can go and do something special for a person. What is hospitality? Hospitality, a friendly and generous reception of entertainment for a guest and visitor and stranger. She was living this saying. This Shudamite woman was living the saying that we all hear all the time. A way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Because she said, hey, this man might be hungry. At first, it was just a meal. Won't you come in? We'll feed you. But then it became that she started, he, they built a place for this man of God. Because she, she knew that the prophet needed a place to stay, instead of letting him go other places, she had no hesitation and said, I will stand up. I will do it. Do we have a mindset to say, I will. Let it be done unto me. I will step up. I will be the one to take care of it. I will be, because women, there's a lot of I wills. <laughs> And this lady had this mentality of, hey, this prophet is coming all around town. She had the know-all to be like, hey, he might need something, and I'm going to be the one to provide that. Are we so blinded in life with our issues and our problems that we do not have an I will mentality? That we're so focused on so many things that we can't even see the prophet of God passing through us because we're so focused on us. Where God wants to bless us, but we can't see his provision passing through because our mindset is, I can do what, I can only be for me. No, no, no. She said, I want to be for somebody else. And this is what we have to understand. Hospitality is not about you. Hospitality is about others' needs. She didn't ask for his permission. She didn't seek advice. She saw a need and wanted to help and open her house to do it. Have you become so personal with people that you open your house? I'm not talking about your physical house. How about like just even having a conversation with somebody? Opening your, your house. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 12, verse 12 and 13 says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show what? Hospitality. She didn't need anything. She just wanted to be outrageously Full of hospitality. Can, can, we, can we bring hospitality back in our circles? We don't preach on this a lot. I remember growing up, we moved down from New York. Um, oh, I gotta say, um, New York, all right? We moved down from New York and uh, we, we came down, and um, all, a lot of our families just kind of like just we, we were in the same neighborhood. And when you needed eggs, you didn't go to Walmart right away. You went to the neighbor's house and said, hey, can I borrow two eggs, right? And what did the neighbor do? Gave you two eggs. There was this lady that you used to live next to. It was Lisa's uh, mom. Her name was Bruni, okay? 
Bruning. My mom would just be cooking in the, hey, I need you to go to Bruning's house and ask her if she has a little bit of adobo. I need you to go to Bruning's house and see if she can give me a little bit of sasong. Sofrito. So what me, when I'm eight years old, I'm going to Bruning's house. My mom says she wants some sasong. I didn't know Spanish at that time, and I still don't know Spanish. And what did Bruni do? He opened the kitchen. Did she open the thing? And these sazon things and uh, sofritos, they're like in the random jars, you know? It's like, oh, man, she's giving me butter. No, bing. (laughs) Butter and like these. And they just go. Why? Because we cared about other people's needs more than our needs. We were showing hospitality. Now in a selfish world, it's what I can get more than what I can give. What can I obtain? What, this relationship is what I can get from it, not what can I can help with it. I don't know about you, but this world's a little, a little messed up. And we need to bring hospitality back in our circles, as this lady did. But isn't that what Jesus did? He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. The Shudamite woman knew an important thing. A heart of generous generous hospitality opens the door to true happiness and hope in our life. See, the lady had a need. She didn't have a son. But she didn't let the need dictate her heart to help others. There's a place in our life, it's called growing up, where we can still be, have a little pain, but still look at other people's pain. Where we, where we can still be who God's called us to be, but help somebody else. Read your Bible. That's what Jesus did. So if we're not doing that, are we living a gospel of you or a gospel of Jesus? Because if we're Christ-like followers, we have to do as he does. Let's say it like this. Be careful your intentions to help others comes from a heart to serve and not a heart to gain. This lady could have been like, okay, this is the plan to her husband. We're going to make this room. I know that he can do some miracles. Maybe if we just make the room, then we can get a kid. I didn't say that, right? The kid didn't come in the picture at all until they asked. She had a heart of hospitality and love just because. Can we get back to the place of being nice just to be nice? Can we be in the place to have peace just to have peace? Can we get to the place where we can have hope just to have hope? Not what we can gain, but just because. Can we come to the place where we, we, we come to serve God not to get something from God? Where we, where instead of you, like, saying, hey, God, you sacrificed for me, so I'm going to sacrifice for you. Or, or we're going to come and say, hey, God, I need this. Rub the genie in the bottle. And if you didn't give it to me, I'm going to curse you. It's not a contract. It's a heart of surrender. It's a heart. Because if it was a contract, he wouldn't be on that cross because you messed up. I'm messed up. No, he did it in love. If the only time we want to serve others 
is when we can gain. It's not generous hospitality. It's selfish intention. Generosity, generous hospitality should inconvenience us. It should challenge us. It should check our hearts on what we do, what we do. When you give that person uh, that, that's a homeless person um, 20 bucks, are you like, well, you better go get, who are you? Are you doing it because you want him to do what you want to do? Or are you doing it as a generous heart? I understand people take abuse, but your job is just to be generous. It's their job to figure it out. Because whenever you say, well, you need to go, I need to go see if you get food. Who are you, God? God didn't call you to judge people. God called you to be generous in hospitality. So when you look at that homeless person, oh, he should be, oh, oh that person that's in need, oh, uh, they, they deserve, what, what, what should you deserve? We should all die to our sin. But by the grace of God, by his mercy, he has brought us to redemption for us not to have a country club of religion. No, but for us to be the light to the dark places, the place where people find hope. Are you being a hope dealer? This is too much. This is Mother's Day. The Bible said it's better to give than it's to receive. And the lady knew that example. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, let, let each other of you look not only to your own interests, but the interests of others. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, do nothing in what? Selfish ambitions. But in humility, count others more significant than ourselves. And I love this one. 1 Peter 4, 9, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Let me say that aloud very slow for some of us. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. This doesn't say first Eric 4.9. I didn't write that. So don't get mad at me. Why would that be in the Bible? You ever thought about that sometimes? Like, why would he put that? Because people grumble when you're trying to be nice. And just because you're nice doesn't mean underneath your breath you're cursing your blessing. Can we just love people and show God's true love to others? That's the way we change the world. It's not about a person in Washington. It's not about a person that's in an office. It's about you and me actually being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. That means if you have to put a smile on your face, even when you feel down, put a dang smile on your face because you're a light in the dark places. That means if you're feeling down and I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, who cares? Your job as an ambassador for Christ is to step up, be an adult, and say, I'm going to be a light no matter what. This is too much. I'm sorry. Just don't look at me. I know. Number two, I'm just sick and tired of people just not being, they talk the talk, but let's walk the walk. We have to be the light. The world is dark. Religion isn't going to save it. No, relationship is going to save it. And people are going to find relationship when you are intentional by number two is making space. She made intentional space. If you want people to find Jesus, you be Jesus in the environments that you're in. Yeah. 
We got to make room for God. Intentional room. What did she do? She did not only get him into the place. She said, let's make walls, get a table, get a chair, get this. She went to Ikea real quick and put it together. She was intentional to name what was going to be in the room. So God had an intentional blessing attached to it as well. She had a plan to bless the prophet. But little did she know that God had a plan to bless her. She didn't do it by what I can gain. She did it because who she was on the, because God saved me, then I need to. Sometimes we need to go back to the place where we hit rock bottom. Sometimes you got you to gotta go and face a little bit with those demons or fast. Oh, but I'm saved and great. Yes, yes, yes. But sometimes you need to be humbled that that's where you were and now where you are. We need to understand that we need to make room for God. So what she did, she made room. She prepared the room for intentionally for him. The question is, at first it was just for a meal and just passing through. But she said, I don't, that's not enough. By you passing through is not enough. I got to make you an intentional person to stay in this house. And the question that God gave me is, are you making room for God to be a renter or owner? Are you making God in your life a space as a hotel with amenities or a residency for him to stay forever? Because she was intentional for this man to stay. Let's build on top of the roof walls, a table. So what are we saying? I'm saying maybe you need to structure your life a little different for God to rest fully. He wants to. Are you letting him? Or, or is it just a Sunday, Wednesday kind of vacancy? God on Sunday? This is an Airbnb. You're going to come in. We're going to worship. We're going to shake a couple times. And then when you're done, you better pay that fee to clean the room. Because you're out of here. Because on Monday, we wilding out. I'm trying. <laughs> you, 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 you see what I'm saying? We have to make it permanent. Because when we make it permanent, that means God's seen our intentional heart of generosity. There's a blessing on the other side of it. And what was her blessing was she was eventually going to have this child. Intentional space making produces intentional miracles to obtain. When we have an intentional movement and moving our schedule, our feelings, our resources, our money, our time, for God to take residency, he makes room for what he wants to do in your life. Because when he sees a willing heart, he does miraculous miracles. How about a man with a boat named Noah? He said they scavered. He went all around the world and found one man that had the heart to do it. And what happened? He saved their family. David, he looked all around. The whole Israelite people were scared. One little boy stepped up. She, he saw the heart. He not only killed the giant, but he became a king. 
He's looking for us to say, God, whatever it takes. If I have to move my schedule around, if I have to move some friends around, I'm doing it not because it's going to hurt, but I'm making intentional space for you. And when you make intentional space for him, there's no other option but have intentional blessings on the other side. An open heart for God to dwell is a place where God can do. Number three, she prepared for the supernatural. She prepared for the supernatural. So now she had a heart. Her heart was right of hospitality. She made the room and now she prepared for the supernatural. What only God can do. Because now we see in, in, in the story that the, the servant came and Elijah said, hey, go see what she needs. Because the worst part is when you go to a party and they have a gift for you, but you don't have a gift back. Us Puerto Ricans are notorious about this. It's the worst feeling. Because then you're like, thank you. You know, like, I'll get you next week. You know, like, I, like it's the worst feeling when you go to, when you go to um, a, a party or Christmas and they bought you a gift. But you don't have a gift back. And this is where it is. He's like, okay, they made this, they made this place. What do you want? <laughs> like, what, what can we do for you? Do you want me to go to the commanding officers? Do you want, you want me to say something? And she said, hey, I'm, I'm good. At first she said, I'm good. I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm here with my own people. Like, we're good. We're not, we're not here to gain. Like, I'm just here to bless. And for the prophet, it, it was, that wasn't enough. So we got to figure something out. This lady, she went to Ikea. <laughs> going I-4, you know, that's, that's a, that's, you're going, yes. We got to do something for this lady. Then the servant figured out that she, she wanted a child. And, and her, son, her, her, her husband was old. So the, uh, so the servant goes to the prophet and said, hey, she wants a kid. And you see that the prophet's like, all right, let's make it happen. Because she was prepared for the supernatural. The supernatural comes easy. When our heart is right, when we make intentional space, there's no other option but to see God moving in all those places to see the Holy Spirit in work, to see the supernatural in our lives. Maybe you're not seeing the supernatural in your life is because you closed the door to what God wants to do. Or maybe you're just a little grumpy. You need to fix some things. That's okay. We're not judging you. Just get it done. <laughs> Isn't it you love that you have a God that doesn't, like, he said, just come. Let's, let's do this thing. It's not like four steps to him. No, it's one step. Hey, come to me. So now, she said, the servant says she wants a child. She longed for a child. She was generous even when she had a need. We need she learned, and we need to learn what Philippians 4.19 says. And my God will supply every need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. 
it was at his timing he will provide. I might have to wait to prepare for the miracle. But it will come. I think this lady didn't want to say anything because what she really needed was a little crazy. Like, I want a kid. I'm old. <laughs> like, deep down inside, she had a great heart, but a little fear gripped her because she knew that what she really wanted was a little crazy. But there's this pastor that's, that, that says this all the time, and I love the saying that says, it's crazy until it happens. Sometimes we don't see the crazy provision. It's because we don't ask. We don't ask. What does the Bible say? Ask, and you will find. Because deep down inside, we know God is big, but in our humanity, seems so small. I think if the lady really asked, it would still have been the same outcome. But because she was humbled to be like, no, I just want to be a blessing, there was no other option but the prophet to find a way to bless her. There was no other option. See, when we live a life of humility, not always what we can gain, there is goodness and mercy that is following us all the days of our life. See, being barren as a woman in those days, there was a stigma around barrenness in those ancient world days. And they looked at you like you were nothing. Because back then, women's job was to figure the house out and have some babies. I mean, I'm just telling you what it was back then. I mean, that was their, like, you, you just have babies. That's your job. So for a lady to not be able to give birth, her worth was not even there anymore. I want you to give, I want, I want to give you the severity of how this lady felt, but in the midst of all that, she still was a blessing. It blows my mind. I will be in a corner all alone crying. But she didn't let her issue dictate her blessing. She didn't let her issue dictate what God is going to do in her life. She didn't let her issue get in the way for her to be a blessing to others. Now think about your issue. Are you letting it get in the way for God to really work in your life? Are you letting it get in the way for that to be your excuse about everything? Are you living a victim life or a victor life? Because yes, it hurts, but God calls us to live in the abundance, and sometimes living in the abundance is seeing past what we have right now. That's called faith. And the lady had crazy, crazy faith in the Lord. But I love this part. Come on, Judah. She goes and, and they said, hey, why don't you, um, what do you need? And she said, hey, by this time next year, you're going to have a baby. I imagine uh, Elijah and, and um, 
and his servant, you know, they're hype up at this point, you know. They're just ready. Like, at this time next year, they, they pause. You're going to have a baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're like, just about to doing handshakes, you know, they're, they're all full of it, you know, and then say it again, won't you say it again, Elijah, he said, you're going to have a baby, oh, shoot, they were hype at this moment, and the lady standing at the, the doorway, just looking at these fools, and she said, stop, do not get my hopes up, prophet, please, did I hear what you just said? Please do not get my hopes up. She was battling the fear on the inside with the promise that God had a year later. See, some of us, there's a promise that God has for you, and I'm here to tell you by this time next year it will be fulfilled. Let that be your promise. By this time next year, it will be fulfilled. But there's going to be a battle of fear, of hopelessness at times, that you have to battle in this year that's going to get you to the other side to the promise. And it's going to be tough, and it's going to be hard. Imagine this lady got this promise of what she always wanted. She was a good person, and she said, wait a year. This is can I just get it now? I just built you a house. Wait a year. Why? Because what God is going to do is not what man can do. It's going to blow your mind. It's crazy until it happens. It's crazy until it happens. And this lady understood that a grateful heart, an expectant heart, is ready for a miracle that is going to happen. She said, I am blessed no matter what. I am blessed no matter what. There was a song that used to be sung. You're blessed in the city. We're blessed in the field. That's an old one right there. What does that mean? That means that I'm blessed wherever I go. I'm blessed if I have. I'm blessed if I don't have. I'm blessed if I go left. I'm blessed if I go right. I'm blessed if I don't if I don't see it. I'm blessed if I do see it. You have to have the mentality as this lady. I'm blessed no matter what. So I'm going to choose to stand on that promise, that year promise. Even though I have the fear, even though I have the anxiety, even though I have the issues, I choose to have faith to know that God is going to make the miracle even though I don't see it, even though I don't feel it. If you go by your feelings, you will go, you will get this depressed real quick because feelings come and feelings go. You need to go by a faith that this lady had that just said, hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to do, I'm going to be who God's called me to be. I'm going to open the door to my house. I'm going to make intentional space. I'm going to be in the hospital with hospitality. Why? Not because of what I can gain, but by this time next year, God is going to do something miraculous in my life. When others look back and say, whoa, what did you do? You can only say, my testimony is God took me from there to there, from the pits to the palace. I came from a barren state to a place where I now hold the promise. You have to know that God can and will do it 
this is a lady that we should follow her lead. To have a hospitality that is outrageous. Set space for intentional living and to stand firm and ready for the miracle at hand. This woman of faith shows us how to live our life. She came with a heart of humble appreciation, preparation, even though she was barren. God met the need. And sometimes God's going to meet the need through somebody you don't even know. I pray right now that there's, there's conversations that has your names attached to it from people that you don't even know. I pray right now that the provision that you are asking of the Lord, that God is preparing it right now, but first in the midst of him preparing it, why don't you prepare yourself? Because sometimes God can't give what is not ready to operate in. That means we have to make some room. That means we got to change what's on the inside. But when God opens the door, he said he will open up the windows of heaven and pour a blessing that we can't even contain. Why did he say not even contain? Because when the overflow happens, the overflow flows on other, uh, everybody else. That's what I'm going to give. That's what I'm going to provide. That's what I'm going to help others. It's in the overflow. When you're living in the overflow, when you're blessed, I'm blessed, honey. So I need you to get this right. Because your boy wants to be blessed. And I want to come and get the overflow. We need to be a people that live a life unto God. So when others look at us, they can look and be wowed. Not by our ability, but what God has done in our lives. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Wasn't that an amazing message? If you'd like to help partner with us to push this mission forward here in Lakeland, Florida, you can go to axioschurch.com and in the giving tab, you can give a one-time donation or a reoccurring gift. We are so thankful for all of you that have decided to join us this morning. We meet every Sunday and we can't wait to see you next time. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, turn on your post notifications, make sure you're tuned in to everything that Axios Church has to offer.